0: You know, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to I want to say this again because it means so much to me. But I'm going to talk today about the new covenant. We talked about last week where the old covenant ended. But I was sharing this with Ross this morning. Isaiah 54. <coughs> and Isaiah 54 follows Isaiah what? Oh, that's the good news of the gospel. Is Isaiah 53 what Jesus has done? And then why does he sing, sing, O barren? Why are you not barren? Why are you barren? Because you're unfruitful, because you're trying too hard to produce something you can't produce. Because he says, more shall be the children of the desolate than the married woman, saith the Lord. Amen. What is he trying to say is, quit your struggling. let me produce it for you. And that's because of the gospel. And then, verse 7 says, For a small moment have I forsaken you, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Now, this is God's promise. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with, catch this, everlasting, how long is everlasting? Everlasting kindness will I have mercy on you, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Your Redeemer, you've been bought back. Now, catch this. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn, made a vow, promised that the waters of Noah will no more cover the earth. So have I sworn, say God swore, God God promised, God God made a vow, that I will not be wroth or angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains will depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that has mercy on you. Now I want to tell you, every person that's born again, that's living in the new custom in the new covenant God said what I'm never going to be angry at you again so there's too many of you out there still sitting around when you're not when you don't do what you think's right or you do what's wrong you're living with guilt and condemnation that God's mad at you God made a vow that he would never be angry with you again because of what Jesus had did for you so get over it I'm telling you you got to get over it You've got to see God's not mad at you anymore. Because He sees you through His Son. Because we are in union with His Son. In Christ, there's nothing you can do to make God mad at you. Romans 8 says, who can separate me from the love of God? Nobody. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's in Christ Jesus. Period. Just That's extra. If it ever, just, it just hit me so powerfully the other day. Why are you sitting around upset over what you've done or hadn't done and thinking God's mad at you when God poured out all his wrath on his son? Scripture says we are not appointed unto wrath. God's not mad at you no more. Just get over it. Really, Seriously. Now, I know that just everything is in you. You say, no, no, that can't be right. But it is right. God says that your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. What's no more mean? Does it mean no more? Okay. So, get into new mind. You know, last week we talked about this in Zechariah. We read this, we're reading this book now, Grace, the Forbidden Gospel, and he talked about this uh, one area. Where did the Old Testament end? Well, in he used this scripture in Zechariah, and he talked about how in Zechariah that God was the shepherd of the sheep, and God was the one taking care of them, and the, and the sheep got upset with him, and he got upset with the sheep. And he says, you know, I, I've got two staffs. I've got the staff of beauty, and I've got the staff of unity. And he said God said, that's enough. And he said, if you want to pay me my wages for what I've done for you, uh, okay, if not, well, don't worry about it. And they, th- they paid me 30 pieces of silver, 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. And then it says he threw those pieces of silver into the, for the potter. And then it says he broke the staff of the covenant, the old covenant. And he broke the staff of unity with Israel and Judah judah he broke it now if you can't if you don't get over here just read your footnotes about what this is saying here but what he's saying here is the minute when jesus looked at judas and he says that that you do do quickly and judas left right there at that moment and he went to the scribes the pharisees and he says i want to sell this man to you and they paid him 30 pieces of silver When they paid Judas 30 pieces of silver, the moment of that betrayal is when this scripture was fulfilled when God took that old covenant and broke it. That's enough. He broke that old covenant. It no longer exists as far as you're concerned with Christ. It's not just over, it doesn't exist. It's broken. And the unity was broken. There is no unity. That's why he said in Isaiah 54, for a small moment have I forsaken you. Seven hours later, Jesus established you in a new covenant. A new covenant. The old is gone. See, what I saw there I was telling Ken, am I missing anything here, Ken? No. All right, you got teachers out here saying, I'm not exaggerating anything here. For you to, to be engrafted into something new, the old has to be done away with, doesn't it? The old is gone and the new has come. So we're in a new covenant. You know, Steve was talking this morning in Hebrews chapter 10. And it says in the Hebrews chapter 10 here, it says in the volume of the books it is written, I come to do your will, O God. <clears throat> Jesus came to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And to watch the last part, finish his work. When Jesus came and John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And John said, I need to be baptized of you and you want me to baptize you. And he said, No, John, you don't understand. It's necessary for you to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Why? He didn't come as God. He came as a man. As a seed of Abraham. And when he was buried in the water and when he came up, a dove descended upon him and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And all of a sudden, this scripture came to pass right here. In the volume of the books, it is written of me, I come to do your will, O God. He taketh away the first, right, Steve? That he may establish the second. By which will we are sanctified through the blood of Jesus once for all. By the such will. What will? God's will. He came to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. From that moment on for three and a half years, not one time did Jesus ever do anything apart from the will of the Father. Not one time. That's why it's so crucial. When he said it's finished, that was finished. And because he purposely fulfilled the will of the Father as far as the law was concerned and everything that goes with it, when he said it's finished, what? What? He established the second. You with me? Do mm-hmm. you know people say, well, you know, it's so awesome that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I'm telling you what's awesome. He lived three and a half years with the wheel just like I have and didn't one time use it. There you go. Yes, amen. Oh, yes, Lord, yes. Get a hold of that. Because yeah. he said many times, I have many things that I'd like to say to you. But I only say what he tells me to say. I only do what he tells me to do. How many of you would like to try that for three and a half years? How many of you would like to try that for one day? I only say and do what he tells you to say and do and nothing else. You see how powerful that was? He didn't do it as God. He did that as a man. And because of that will that he came to fulfill, by that one will, Hebrews 10, I think, 2020. Isn't that right, Steve? By the which will we are sanctified through the blood of Christ once for all. What does that mean? To eternity. It's finished. Your sanctification is finished, it's not in the process, it's finished. Now you are growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're growing up into maturity of who you are because the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 3.18 we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He's growing us up. But a seed is a seed. The old is gone. Your Adam's seed was crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed. And you've been born again of an incorruptible seed. 1 Peter 1, 22, Been born again not of a corruptible seed, but what? An incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. Yes. We are, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen. Amen. So we got the end of one. Now, it, now, why is that significant? <clears throat> it's significant because how can you go back to something that don't exist for you? As a new creature in Christ, the law does not exist for you, the, the old covenant. It doesn't exist. Right. Not only that, but as a newborn, again, believer in union with Jesus Christ, sin is finished for you. Sin is still in the world. The old covenant is still out there because the enemy uses it. It's forced to... Uh, exposed sin, but as far as being, what does it say? When Jesus went to the cross, he took all the writing, the law, and everything with it, it says, and nailed it to his cross. Does it say that? Every bit of it's been nailed to the cross. There's nothing else to fulfill. He took care of all of it. And I believe if he took care of all of it, he took care of all of it. See, we've got to understand the shift that took place so you can understand your identity and not try to mix your identity with some of the old covenant demands and laws. Amen. And remember what we said. Just because you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John doesn't mean you're reading New Covenant. There you go. Scripture says in Galatians that Jesus was born of a woman born under the law to redeem them that are under the law. So a lot of what he said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was he said to those that were under the law. Right. right? So it's written for us, but it may not necessarily be written to us to keep. Right? right? So if you want to really understand our place, you have to go to epistles sometimes. But many times, and you've got to see this, Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Until the law was established in the Old Covenant, people lived under grace. Noah found grace. People lived under grace until the people demanded a law or set of rules they could live by. And he said, all right, I'll give you a set of rules if you want them. So he gave them a set of rules. But how many people was ever justified by the rules? Paul said it, no one. And we see these these whole books. But you see in the New Testament, even reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how was all these people, Isaiah 53 tells about Jesus dying for our sins. By his stripes we're healed. And also in the garden, verse 10, 11, and 12, that he took in the garden an exchange of our soul. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see all the way through there, as many it says, by his stripes were healed. And Mark, Matthew eight sixteen says, at evening there was brought to him multitudes that was possessed with devils, and he cast out the devils with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophets: What, by his stripes, we are healed. Now wait a minute. He hadn't been physically beaten yet, has he? But in eternity, it's already been paid for. Many times. But Jesus said this, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right? Right. When he came, he came for the lost sheep. When he sent the disciples out and told them to go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, freely receive and freely give, what did he say also? Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only. And remember the woman that came to him, her daughter, possessed with the devil. And he said, sorry, lady. It's not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. But she said, yes, Lord, I know that's right. I know I'm a dog. But even the dog eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. He said, woman, great is your faith. Be it to you according to your faith, your daughter was made whole. The centurion was not a Jew. He said, it's not necessary for you to go to my house, but just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And he marveled. I have not found this kind of faith, no, not in Israel. Can you see? It's not that I'm saying don't meet, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, but when you read those things, look in there and see the grace of God in that, not the law part. That's right. That's right. See, he was, he was, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. What did she say? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she came and touched his garment, and he felt virtue go out of him. And he said, who touched me? He said, look at the multitudes of the disciples. Everybody's touching you. He said, no. Somebody touched me with faith. Yes. And he looked at her, and, and it scared her. And he said, he said to her, what did he say? Woman, you are made whole. And that word whole there means spirit, soul, and body. Right. He said, woman, you are made whole. It's so-so. Yeah. The same word for save that we get in the book of Acts. And he didn't stop there. Then he turned and said to woman, woman. Also, you're healed of your infirmity. She got the whole enchilada before he ever went to the cross. Right? Mm-hmm. right? She got it all. The lepers. He made them whole. W-H-O-L-E. They were whole. Same Greek word, So So we're not trying to limit anything here, but I want you to see something. We've got to understand that that old thing is over. Yeah. If any man is in Christ, he's a what? The old is gone and the new has come. Yes. All things have become new. Then what did Paul say to them? Why do you want to turn back to the weak and the beggarly elements where you desire to be under bondage again? Because there's something in your human nature that wants to take you back to who you were and to have to do something to earn what you got. You've got to get over that too. You can't do anything to earn what he's given to you. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should what? boast. But see, the disciples still didn't get it. After 40 days of being with them and explaining to them everything he had done, one of them said, Master, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, Oh, my gosh, I'm just going to go on. I'll send the Holy Spirit and he'll lead you and the you into all truth. And it may take a while, but he will get through to you eventually, maybe. Because <clears throat> you know what did Jesus say to them? He didn't tell them to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel after his resurrection. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nature, every, every nation. Preach the gospel to every nation. Now, Mark says to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. But still, after the day of Pentecost, who were they primarily sinning in on? The Jews. How many times did God have to tell Peter to go to this Gentile's house? Three times. I've never touched anything unclean. I'm not going over there. God said, what I've cleansed, Peter, don't you call unclean. And Peter went and preached the gospel, and they that was with him of the circumcision were astonished, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the revelation hit them. Hey, it's not just for us. It's for everybody. It's for whosoever will. Okay? So this gospel is for whosoever will. Scripture says real clearly, in Christ, there's either, neither Jew nor Greek. Right. Let me say that again. There's neither Jew nor Greek. And circumcision, according to Romans, is not in the flesh but in the spirit. Right. So why do you want to make such a big issue about being Jewish? Right. Why is all this big thing going around going back to your Jewish roots? Galatians 6.15 says in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. What? New creation. It's not about who you were. And he said, they're not all Israel that were born Israel. It's a spiritual thing. It's the exchange life. It's the new creation. It's what it's all about. But that new creation has been paid for so we can be new creatures. Amen? Amen. Let me read this in Hebrews. I know it looks like I'm not even going to get started on my message today. But I guess this is the message today. Hebrews chapter 8. See, it's, it's important. That's why I, I say you need to understand this thing, what he was saying there in Zechariah, because it's important that you see the end of something so you can have the beginning. In, all Hebrews is written about the different priesthood and about how the old was, uh, there was a problem. It says there was fault found with the old. Romans chapter, what, 8? It says what? In Christ Jesus, he says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not, say could not, do, God did. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, God did it, and condemned sin in the flesh. That, the righteousness of God, might come on the Gentiles by faith. The law couldn't, God did it. That settles it. And 2 Corinthians 5.22 says, God made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't get any more righteous than he made you. Ever. And that righteousness is forever. It's forever. Say forever. It doesn't go away. Hebrews 8.13 says, In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. And now we have what? A new covenant. And that's the one Steve was talking about here in chapter 2. He says here in chapter 2 of Hebrews, uh, let me say in verse, start in verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared. All right. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volumes of the book. It is written to do your will, O God. He takes away the first to establish the second, doesn't he? And he says, above all, when he had sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither had pleasure therein. Do you know God never had pleasures and sacrifices for sin? Do you think God ever enjoyed having all these animals ki- killed to cover the sin of man? Do you think God enjoyed killing an animal to cover Adam and Eve's sin, their, their bodies with the goat, goat skins? You think he had pleasure in that? He had no pleasure. Matter of fact, if you read Isaiah chapter 1, he said, I'm tired of your sacrifices and your, your offerings. I'm tired of it. He said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I long for mercy, not sacrifice. Above all, when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sins, thou wouldest not. Neither had pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first to establish the second. By the which will. Now what will? When Jesus said, I come to do your will, O God. By that will, what happened? We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ, what? Once for all. What does that mean? Once for all. Does that mean forever? Once for all. Now verse 11. And every priest stands daily ministering in offering times the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. You know what? When I read that one day, it just hit me. We see the priest standing there doing the sacrifice and offering thing. But I saw me for years standing up here telling you what you needed to do to be righteous. The 52 lies that I preached every Sunday. Telling you what you have to do to be righteous. Sin management. But there's one, one problem with that. Look at the last part of that verse. Which can never take away sin. Which can never take away sin. When you add anything to the grace of God, you're preaching this message that can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, how long is forever? Forever. Forever. Sit down at the right hand of God. He sat down. And not only that, but when we were raised up from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost, did you know when he ascended, Mike, you ascended? Do you know, Kent, when he sat down, you sat down? Scripture said we've been made to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because we are in union with him once for all, forever. So it's important that you're, you're, you're thinking. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's not based on how you feel. It's based on the fact he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And also on the fact that he said, I'll never be angry with you again. Do you know what? We cannot, this mind will not go there. Right. It cannot go there, because it's not subject to God and never will be. That's why we have the mind of Christ. And if you be risen with Christ, Colossians 3.1, if you be risen... Set your mind on things above because you have a new mind. We have the mind of Christ, been exchanged. Set your mind on things above. And it says, where well, you're seated with him. And it says, what? Then Christ, who is your life, shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. So, what's the next verse? Mortify, therefore, your members. And your old mind is one of your members. Mortify those members which are subject to the flesh. Put them to death. Put on the new man. Put off the old man, put on the new man, which is what? Made in the image of him that created you in righteousness and true holiness. It's a whole new way of living. It's a whole new way of living. And Marion said it when we left the coffee shop. I wish it was true that the fact is that once all of this stuff happened, that the old thing that was nailed to the cross, we never have to deal with any of that stuff anymore. But sad to say, the law and sin still in the world. And your old fleshly members are still drawn to those things. That's why Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. lest when I preach to others, I myself should be cast away. What he's saying there is, I don't let my members tell me what to do, I tell my members what to do. Amen. See, there is a place where we're here, and we have a choice every day. Every day, every minute of that day, you have a choice to choose righteousness. And you know what? As many as led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And if you walk in the flesh, you'll not. If you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't allow the mixture to keep pulling you away. 2 Corinthians ten five says, Bring into captivity some thoughts. Every thought to the obedience of what Christ who is your life. So you don't even have a life anymore. Your life is hid in Christ. And when Christ who is your life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. He is your life. Don't do anything to separate yourself from him who called you. He is Christ is you. You is Christ. That's not good English, but it sounds it's it's the truth. You is him. He is you. First, First John four seventeen says what? As he is, so are we When now in this present world. Why? Because Christ is your love. Amen. So we'll get into this next week. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, we just ask you to help us, open us. Like Paul prayed to Ephesians church, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling, and what is exceeding greatness of a power to us who believe according to the working of your spirit within us. And Lord, let us see their position in you. And we just ask you to continue to open our eyes and give us revelation, little nuggets of gold, where we can see truly who we are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.